E-S-N-Y. Sixth episode 25, Glaber's number of the Bleacher Creatures podcast presented by Elite Sports New York. Allison's back, my brain's swimming in a fishbowl of exhaustion because of this West Coast trip. And Allison has some important news. Yes, hello everyone. It's me, Allison. Um, just wanted to let you all know that I'm going to be joining this podcast full time as my full time job. Just kidding. Um, but you know, part time. I'll be here all the time though. This is but now is an Allison Case job. podcast. It's an <laughs> Allison Case podcast. I'm just along for the ride. Absolutely. Um, this is now called the Guardy Girls podcast. Of obviously, clearly, I fit. I fit that very well. Absolutely. I mean, it really doesn't take much. You just gotta love Brett Gardner. Oh, who doesn't love Brett Gardner? You saw him go first to third on that on that wild throw to first base the other day. Oh boy, that got me He's hyped. Still, my heart. That man has speed and at 35 years old, still probably one of the fastest guys on the team. I think I saw some crazy statistic that like on base running statistics, if you count his speed, he's like the fourth fastest. I can't confirm that for sure. But just like his ability to run the bases is insane. And he's still super fast, obviously. That might well, be yeah. a complete lie. I don't remember. I, I probably read it on Twitter. And we all know that Twitter is the most reliable source for information out there. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. If it's on Twitter, it must be true. Obviously. Definitely nobody on Twitter says anything false ever. And don't worry, we'll talk more about Brett Gardner later uh, when we go into that whole crazy ninth inning, because we will. We'll discuss that. Oh, it will be discussed. (laughs) Um, Sorry. But anyway, I guess uh, we're going to start off with some Yankees news. So you want me to take this one? I'll start. Yeah, go for it. This is your show now. All right. (laughs) Guys, it's not my show, okay? (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's still James's show. Um, But anyway, Yankees news. So let's start out what happened this week a little bit. Um, So you all saw that video of Aaron Judge um, going all Babe Ruth and calling his shot for, um, I believe it was John Brown, the father of the uh, Yankees catching coach. And now you just know that everyone's going to be asking him to hit home runs for them, which is great for us. Uh, You know, Aaron Judge can't. He can't default on a promise. That's not who he is as a person. Absolutely not. So you know what? Now the entire Yankees fan base is just going to ask him to hit home runs for him. And he's got a lot of home runs to go. I mean, he, I mean he's going to do it. Oh, absolutely. I, he, again, he can't say no. Like if a child asks him before the game, hey, Aaron, will you hit a home run for me today? He's going yard three times. Both. Yeah. I mean, he has hit a home run in uh, three consecutive games and I believe, and I read this on Twitter too, but I think this one was a reliable one. He has never in his career hit, he's hit three home runs in three consecutive games, but he's never hit four in four consecutive games. 
You know what? I actually think that is reliable. I'm pretty sure Katie Sharp tweeted that. I was going to say, I thought it was Katie Sharp. So thank she you, has Katie. The best of, she's one of my, like, she's just my research person. When I say I'm doing important research for the podcast, what I'm really doing is pulling up Twitter and seeing what Katie Sharp tweeted over the last, you know, week. Yeah, if you guys don't follow Katie Sharp on Twitter, you should because she has the most phenomenal stats and stuff you just wouldn't even dream of, but facts that you should know for your cocktail parties. Well, only if they're Yankee themed. I think oh, yeah. rattling off stats. Like my favorite one was this was the first time since 2017 that Clayton Kershaw gave up uh, two home runs to right-handed batters off his curveball. Ah, no kidding. Which is absurd. The righties are supposed to hit lefties. Yeah. No, that would make more sense. But, huh, look at that. Unbelievable. But, yeah, Aaron Judge is like, he's back back. Mm-hmm. We, we said it last week, too, where it looked like he was ready to come back out. He was ready to start hitting. And now he's like he's full in. He looks great. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's been looking real good on this West Coast swing. Maybe it's just because he's kind of near home and feels comfortable. But he's been looking good. And I'm excited. He has been batting 320 in the in the past seven days. Fantastic. I think 320, four home runs. I'll take it. I'll take this Aaron Judge. Absolutely. And I think it's it's worth noting that maybe this is Aaron Judge finally getting over his oblique injury. Is it obviously something I don't know if anything was mechanically wrong with him when he was in his slump or if he was just trying to adjust because he still wasn't 100 percent. But like something changed. Something changed real fast when he got right. to Oakland. Yeah, it looked like he was a lot. He, he was a little bit later on his swing. And I feel like he was trying not to pull it because he didn't want to strain that oblique again. Obliques are tough. I mean, coming back from one of those and then re-injuring is probably the worst thing you can do. Yeah, core injuries always make me so nervous. It happens to Aaron Hicks all the time when he had the intercoastal muscle strain last year where you just like you have no idea what's going on. And there's right. no way to tell if you're if you're fully back. You don't know that you're back until you actually try to do what you used to do before the injury, which is where you get to that dangerous zone where if you're not 100 percent healthy, then you're just going to get hurt again and end up on the I.L. So maybe that's what Judge was going through. He was trying to keep the ball the right field to keep late on the ball, maybe not pull his entire hip outside trying to pull the ball to left field for a home run because he's got opposite field power. So who cares? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll take opposite field home runs. I'll take singles. I'll take doubles. I'll take whatever he wants to give us because if Aaron Judge is back, this team's this team is set. I loved his quote, too, when he, he pulled the home run. And I think it was Meredith Morakovic that like, oh, how do you feel about like finally pulling a home run this year? And he goes, oh, wait, does that matter? <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, it doesn't. Because if he hits home runs the right field, you're still rounding four bases. That's fine. Right. Absolutely. Um, okay. My next piece of news. This one's actually a fun one. Um, I don't know if everyone saw it, but I did see it once again on Twitter. Um, so CC Sabathia wants to hit, you know, he's in Oakland. He's real excited about it. Strikes out, comes back to the dugout. Brett Gardner is encouraging him to slam his bat against the roof of the dugout. Did anyone see this? <laughs> That was fantastic <laughs> because CC was not having it. But Brett Gardner's just like, oh, uh, you know, doing the the signal to uh, giving him his bat and trying to get him to do it. And CC's like, yeah, no, that's your thing. I'm I'm not going to step on that. It's just the old men on the team sticking together. Gardy's trying to make him feel young at heart. And CC's just like, bro, this is my last year. I can't be slamming the bat around the dugout. Come on, man. 
That's not me. <laughs> well, not only that, but you know that the umpires are, they're always out to get CeCe. So, you know, he's got to cool. be a little careful when it comes to that. Yeah, he's he's definitely on their most wanted list. Oh, by far, by far. And I bet you, um, well, especially Angel Hernandez. You know Angel Hernandez, CeCe oh, Sabathia. Everybody is on Angel Hernandez's most wanted list. Absolutely. He's absolutely. the worst. <laughs> By far. And by far my biggest piece of news this week. Um, Phil Mushnick, which I don't even know if that's how you pronounce oh, it. Oh, boy. Doesn't matter because he's irrelevant right now. Um, of the New York Post basically, you know, produces an article with the headline, Gary Sanchez knows nothing about baseball. That's a, that was a, that made me so mad. I didn't even. This should have been the first thing I brought up when we were talking about what to talk about today. And it just didn't even cross my mind because I just I pushed it off. I was like, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to even think that somebody took the time. Somebody who gets paid to do this, like we we do this mostly for fun. We don't get paid very much, but <laughs> I mean, this guy, his full time job is to be a reporter, mm-hmm. and he comes in and he says, yeah, the catcher who just is the fastest catcher ever to a hundred home runs. He's the second fastest player, straight up player, not even catcher ever do 100 home runs behind only Ryan Howard, who was filthy when he first came up. Like, yeah, that guy doesn't even know how to play baseball. Like, come on, dude. You got to know how that sounds. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it that Gary Sanchez is not the best base runner. But listen, this year, I feel like he's actually somewhat improved. And the play he's talking about specifically is that play where Brett Gardner hit like a choppy, weird grounder and then they threw it to second that they got yeah they threw right to second i don't think they stepped on the bag or he might have gotten the bag first but it was yeah they stepped on first base because it was it literally bounced right to first base like the base itself so step on first base and then um and then threw it to second but it was kind of an offline throw but gary sanchez didn't slide and kind of looked like weird and awkward and stuff he like probably, that. He probably should have slid. I don't think he realized that the throw was going to come. Like, I don't think he no. he thought there was an actual play at second. And then by the time it was, by the time he realized he had to slide, he was next to the base. So he had to do that awkward little tip tap and trying to get his foot on the bag. And he was safe, but he oh, also yeah. fell off the bag. <laughs> he did. And he looked kind of silly doing it. Absolutely. But saying that he knows nothing about baseball is just. I have no words. And I mean, you know he's Yankee the Twitter exploded. He's the catcher. His job is to direct the entire field. That's he's the his one job. Calling the game. Exactly. He's the one calling the pitches. He has to know all his pitchers, all their pitches, all their specialties. But no, he he knows nothing. So it's written down in the New York Post, so therefore it must be true, right? Uh, yes, that is a very respectable establishment that would absolutely post everything with complete accuracy but nothing ever slips by it's clickbait it's got to be clickbait like there's no other there's no other explanation well he got the click i mean i clicked on it i quote tweeted it too and i said this guy's a moron but you know (laughs) whatever gets the clicks up Uh, yeah listen we don't do that here at esny though like you know we're we're quality high quality reporting we don't want those we don't want those pity clicks yeah don't give me your pity clicks no we don't want those um, but New York Post apparently right now wants them. So Phil, I, I don't know where you are. I don't know much about you, but right now I'm kind of upset with you and 
I feel like you took advantage of uh, one play and turned it into a whole narrative that makes no sense. I'm almost afraid to go back. Like, I kind of want to look at what else he's written. I mean, like, they're like an article from five years ago. Carmelo Anthony doesn't know how to play basketball. Like, <laughs> I mean, you're just, I don't, I don't know what you were thinking. Because <laughs> you know the reaction it's going to get. Because this is the best hitting catcher in baseball right now. And you're mm-hmm. going to say he doesn't know how to play baseball because right. of a weird running play? I, ugh. It just, it irks me every every time but i had to include it because we had to talk about it a little bit it's like free therapy right here of course well this this is how the podcast started for me and rob in early in the season when we were we were working through all the crazy uh manny machado twitter takes over the winter and people saying dj lemay he was going to be a bum and people saying that the rotation was going to be terrible without severino which it hasn't been great but in los angeles it was fine and oh, nobody yeah. expected domingo herman to be what he was Domingo Herman, and I mean, this just came out yesterday after the game, but Dave Roberts basically said, I'm not making excuses, but none of my guys have seen Domingo Herman. That sounds like an excuse. It's definitely an excuse, and you can't say that because he's in what his second full season. Last season, he started where he pitched 21 games. He's never Um, been up for like... He's never been the guy. He's never been a starting pitcher for a whole right. year. Like, this is his first time through. If so you haven't seen him this year, him. you haven't seen him. Of course they haven't. But you know what? The other thing, too, is uh, Ryu on, uh, was it Friday night they played the first game? Yeah. Friday yeah. night was Ryu. Friday night they played the first game. And I was looking at kind of the the at-bats and the stats. And um, looking back at it, only two Yankees in that starting lineup had seen him. And they were combined for i think 21 at bats together which is not a lot so we hadn't seen ryu either right exactly so and i mean there's this thing called a funny thing called technology and you know game film and the yankees are always on national tv so i'm sure they saw him and he didn't even i'm willing to bet i'm willing to bet that the los angeles dodgers have the mlb package oh i think they can see the yankees anytime they want (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, listen, Dave Roberts, like, yes, your people have not seen him in person, but they kind of get an idea of what he does. And he honest, he gave up a home run on the first pitch of the game. I mean, he said he even said he came out and said after he was like, I was a little amped up. I had to calm myself down, <laughs> which is understandable. It was a big series. But like, Absolutely. that was such a huge positive sign for me for Domingo Herman because this is I mean, it's Sunday night baseball. You know, everybody and their mother is watching this game. It's seven o'clock on ESPN. It's Yankees Dodgers, New York versus L.A. World Series preview, which is what everybody is saying. And you give up a home run on your first to your first batter. And then you just lock down for six innings. That's huge. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was that was a phenomenal performance by Herman. And, you know, he hasn't looked good in his past couple starts. He's been struggling a little bit. He uh, but he he picked it up and he did what he had to do to hand it over to, I think, who came in next. It was Adovino. Adovino. Yeah. Adovino and Canely combined for an inning. Right. And then Britain and then Chappie. So you got the four big guys in. They didn't give up a single hit. No, no. And that's what we paid them to do. So glad to see they're doing it against a pretty high quality team. Absolutely. I kind of wonder 
how much of Herman's struggles are now coming because of the pitch limit. I know, you know, you don't really think there's a pitch limit when you see him, but he's never pitched this long in a year before. Like there's bound to be a little bit of wear and tear. Oh, sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think like this. Every time I hear the the term innings limit or, or pitch limit, I think of Jabba Chamberlain, even though it's not even the same thing. Ugh, Jabba rules. Of course. I love Jabba so much. I hated when they tried to make him a starter. That made I was so mad. I can understand that because I felt the exact same way. I had my Jabba rules shirt, you know, like I wore that around all the time. It was just it was like the savages of, you know, what was it 2007? Yeah, way back when. Also, on a side note, I think you've been on the podcast three times now. I think we brought up Jabba rules every single time. That's my goal, and I'm so <laughs> glad. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's go over the uh, the West Coast swing so far. We can recap some of those series that um, have been happening. But I mean, nobody wants to talk about Oakland, but I think uh, we have to. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to. That that sucked. That was bad. <laughs> So, you know what I think was most impressive, though, um, in terms of Domingo Herman, He allowed six runs, five earned, and he allowed them early. Mm-hmm. But he still labored through five and a third innings to at least help out the bullpen. Yeah, and that's something Booney's done a few times where he, obviously Herman didn't have it that night. Right. But he still, like, he trusts his guys to go out there and at least, you know, save the bullpen a little bit. It's almost like when Tanaka gave up 12 earned against the Red Sox that one time that we're never going to talk about. It was like, you're, we're sacrificing you to this team right now, but just know that it's going to help us a lot for the rest of the series. It's going right. to make a huge difference, even though this kind of sucks. And honestly, you know, I think it's good to have a young pitcher kind of in that mindset, too. Um, you know, even if he doesn't have it, they're letting him go out and at least try and somewhat figure it out a little bit. And he got better as the game went on. But he could only make it five and a third, which is fine because honestly, our offense can definitely score six runs. Yeah, you know, and it should. It should. It should, especially with all the. Well, actually, they're really not paying that much money, which I love so far. They will, but not yet. Uh, yeah, that's that's also <laughs> my big thing for people is that we should have gone out and got Garrett Cole for a huge contract. Like, well, how do you expect to pay Aaron Judge when his contract comes up and Dee Dee, and Didi's extension? And right. Glaber Torres in six and years Gary went, or Sanchez. five years. And Gary, yeah, like you have to pay these guys eventually. You right. can't just spend all your money on a pitcher right now. And then in three years, you're back in like the 2012 Yankees range or 2013, where you have Jason Nixon, the starting lineup. Nobody wants that. Uh, 2013. You know what? That was a rough one. Honestly, if you made it through 2013 with that team, you deserve this right now. Oh, are we talking real or fake fans? Yes. That was a big topic this week. Oh, absolutely. That was the the topic of the Twitter sphere. Um, real or fake fans. And guess what? I didn't stay up for any of the entire games. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, so you're a fake fan. I'm a fake fan. I can't oh, believe, you know, it's not Wait, like was I... was it because you have a real job and you're a real human? Not even, no. Why not? I'm just kidding. Yes, I have a real job. I'm a real human being. Um, one of the nights I just wasn't feeling well, so I took some NyQuil. And if you have taken NyQuil before, you can't stay awake. That's kind of the point. I mean, if anyone's going to come out and call Allison Case a fake fan, there's going to be some issues. I'm throwing hands. Absolutely. I'm I'm, pull- I'm turning into Brett Gardner here. Like, I know what's up. 
It's just like it's so ridiculous to me. That's it's the same thing with like Phil Mushnick. Like you know the reaction you're gonna get when you say this, and you're you're clearly looking for the reaction. But mm-hmm. I just I don't understand why you go through with it anyway. Because right. now you might get a lot of quote tweets, and you're not gonna get a lot of likes. But people are gonna re- be replying to you and interacting with you. They're all saying shitty things to you because it was bad take. <laughs> Well, I will tell you, though, the actually the games in Oakland, I fell asleep in maybe like the fifth or sixth inning. And then each game, I woke up in the top of the ninth and watched them lose. Yikes. That's not great. All three of them. And so I saw like I was watching game. I think it was. Oh, game three. Yeah. Game three. The last game I I woke up and I was like, oh, wow, it's kind of close. And then Glaber Torres hits a home run. I'm like, oh, my God. This could be great. I could have woken up right at the right time. And then that was left. really exciting. I, I really thought we were going to start mounting a comeback. You always think oh. you always think that they are. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that this team you you have that feeling almost every time. Um, and that's something that really makes a huge difference. Yeah, the weird thing about the Oakland series, too, is like we hit a lot. We had a lot of hits. We just didn't score runs. Like I'm looking back at it now on. What was it? I guess Tuesday we had 11 hits, only scored two runs. On Wednesday we had 11 hits, only scored four runs. Hmm. And then on Thursday we had eight hits and scored three runs. Like It's not like they were shutting us down. I mean, I would be pretty embarrassed if Homer Bailey and Tanner Roark were the guys that were shutting us down. Story. Have a story. I have it. Let's go. Okay. Homer Bailey. Uh, when I was at a Yankees game earlier this year... He was in the outfield shagging fly balls and I was out there like, you know, during BP and I was just kind of hanging out and watching the home runs fly by real excited. So he's out there shagging fly balls and there was one that bounced off the wall and came to him and everyone was like, throw it to me, throw it to me. And they're like, we love you, Homer, even though nobody loves Homer Bailey. No, they just want a ball. Yeah, they just want the ball. So, you know, we're like waving and waving. And he points at my sister. It's me and my sister. And he points at her and he's like, yeah, you, you. She's like, oh, great. And he freaking lobs it up into the stands. She Okay, he didn't know this, but she was a uh, Division Two MVP softball player. Okay. She's Very pretty impressive. Good. Pretty good with her hands. So he taught he like lobs it up and some kid like just jumps in front of her and takes it and runs away. And Homer Bailey yelled at the kid. He was like, hey, I was going to give that to her. And the kid tried to give it to my sister. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm not taking that. Yeah. Um, but Homer, oh, Bailey, at least he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Even though, you know, even though he shut down the Yankees the night before. Yeah, I was like, this guy's good. He's a it good guy. It almost makes me feel bad saying that I don't. I like I have no idea how he threw two no hitters. I just don't I don't get it because he's not a good pitcher. And to throw one, you can you can run into one. You can get one of those days where everything just breaks your way. You get soft contact that happens. But to throw two no hitters when you're that bad. I mean, what happened? That's a, such a good question. Was Angel Hernandez behind the plate? I don't know. Oh, the strike zone was at least 25 inches wide. 100%. There's no other explanation. He got the Aaron Judge strike zone. (laughs) Poor Aaron Judge. But you know what? Listen, here's what I also say to that. Aaron Judge has got to start hitting those low strikes. If they're going to call him on him, he can crush those. Yeah, absolutely. 
he can crush them. It's also like it's a philosophical debate between, you know, you know, you're not supposed to swing at it. It's always right. been a ball. It is a ball. But at the same time, in the back of your mind, you know that it's going to get called a strike because the umpires have no idea what they're doing. So you don't want to expand your zone, per se, but also you're going to keep getting punched out on those because they don't know how to call your strike zone. Right. No, you're right. I mean, he has trained his entire life probably not to swing at those. And now. It just feels like such an easy easy fix for the umpires. Like when he steps out of the plate, you go, oh, this guy's tall. So maybe let's raise the bottom of the strike zone a little bit because his knees are at like Brett Gardner's hips. That's an accurate statement. Yeah, that was a low blow on Brett Gardner. I apologize. No, that's an accurate statement. (laughs) He's a tiny dude. Whatever. (laughs) He's scrappy. He is. Now, since there was really nothing to talk about in Oakland, I mean, besides Mike Ford hitting a home run. I love Mike Ford. Mike Ford, the pride of Princeton. Good for him. I keep seeing people say, like, when is this Mike Ford experiment going to end? Since when is this an experiment? This is not like we're everybody. Yeah, but we're not trying Mike Ford out. We're not like, I don't know. Let's throw this guy in and see what happens. (laughs) We have no first baseman. There's none left. (laughs) <laughs> Who's gonna I mean, you got DJ LeMahieu, who is not a first baseman by trade, but can do it. But you don't yeah. have a natural first baseman. And he plays a good first base, but then, you know, Didi needs a day off. Okay, Glaber's at shortstop. Who's playing second base? Not Mike Ford. You want Tyler Wade taking at-bats? As much Listen, as I love Tyler Wade? Mike Ford pitched, so I think he can do anything. Oh, he had so much fun pitching, too. Oh, that was I great. I almost didn't even care that we got blown out that game. I was like, this dude's just having the time of his life. <laughs> yeah, no, he uh, he homer and he actually had a pretty good week overall. I mean, he was I think he's hit like let me see. Hold on. He also homered up. off Clayton Kershaw, which is something that he can say for the rest of his life. Like his grandkids are going to be like, Dad, you played against or granddad. You played against Clayton Kershaw. Yes, yeah, son, <laughs> I homered off him. No matter what happens in the rest of his career. That is going to be his moment of greatness. Homering off of Clayton Kershaw. Nobody. I mean, and he, it was lefty lefty, right? Yeah, lefty lefty. Hot damn. Oops. I'm sorry. I swore on this podcast. It's oh, oh boy. Yikes. But anyway, anyway nope. that one. in the last week, in the past five games, he's batting 500. Two home runs, three RBIs. Only struck out once. I, he's he's a serviceable fill-in. I That's think all so. he's going to be. It's not the Mike Ford experiment. We're just, no. We just need somebody to play first base, and he's giving us a good first base right now. Absolutely. I'll, I'll take him any day, honestly. Um, you know, I love Luke Voigt, and I can't wait for him to get back as well. But that's the that's kind of the nature of this team is, you know, they these guys are stepping into roles that, you know, people don't expect much out of them, and they're exceeding expectations all around. Yeah. And Luke Voigt homered in Scranton. Yes, he uh, did. He lead off the game with a homer, or was it? I don't. I don't recall. Minute. I just remember seeing the highlight. It was a good shot. Oh, Very yeah, hopeful. Absolutely. All right, L.A. This was fantastic. This ah. completely wiped Oakland out of the water. I was. I was kind of nervous going into L.A. I was like, oh, we don't look too good right now. And then we just knocked Ryu around in the very first game. I was like, oh, we're fine. Oh yeah. I mean, that was uh, that was a pitcher's duel <clears throat> that was not supposed to be a pitcher's duel based on Absolutely. what Paxton has done in the past. But he entered last night, I think, 4-0 in his last four starts. Yeah, knuckle curve Paxton is filthy. Yeah, he looked good. He looked like a postseason starter. Um, 
I don't know if that's like a, a thing for him if he picks it up towards the end of the year. I, I don't know. I didn't look at his career stats, but he made it into an actual pitcher's duel. And that that part alone made me so excited. And then they just started scoring more runs. And I was like, this is even better. Oh, absolutely. I think just going off Paxton, it's, it's kind of crazy how it took so long for somebody to be like, yo, why don't you just throw that knuckle curve more? Because everybody, <laughs> everybody knew it was a good pitch. And the whole point of throwing it is that it's messing up the timing of the batters because you're getting separation and velocity that you weren't getting. Like he's throwing the 88 mile an hour cut slider thingy. That's what literally what he calls it, the cut slider thing. Hmm. And they, his 96 mile per hour fastball. And you can just drop in a 70 mile per hour curveball in there now. And it just makes you respect it more. Oh, absolutely. And it's working. Yeah, he looks he looks good. And that was a that was a great game all around. I mean, Judge hit a home run for the pulled a home run. Pulled a home run. And then Gary Sanchez hits a home run. And then Didi Gregorius, of course, with the grand slam. Oh, that was that was awesome. <sighs> Didi and those grand slams. There's something about him. I mean, you know what it is? He is he has the swaggiest home run trot in the league. There is nobody that trots better than Didi Gregorius rounding the bases. It is a thing of beauty. It's so graceful, but like every step, he just goes so far with it. It's it's fantastic. Can confirm. And that little bat flip all the time. Oh, yeah. Love it. I, I just love it. I always think about when he, he hit that homer in 2017, I think it was. And he hit mm-hmm. the catcher with the bat accidentally. And he, just, he knew it was gone and he turned around and apologized before getting into his trot. I was like, that's <laughs> it. This is my guy right now. Good guy, Didi. We love him. He's just a great citizen. Yeah. Jack's a home run and then apologizes to the catcher for accidentally hitting him with the bat. <laughs> doesn't even wait to see if it leaves the park because he already knows it's gone. Oh, yeah. Anytime that he hits, when he hits the ball on the nose, you just know. He's oh, got yeah. one of the sweetest lefty swings I've seen. Well, yeah, it's one of those down and in pitches that you can drop the barrel on it. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. That thing's going second deck every time. Oh. I mean, hey, we saw one live uh, last Saturday when we were there. We well, did. you missed it. Mm. Oh, I was, in, I was in the concourse. That's correct. Saw it live, just not from my great seats. Okay, understandable. DJ's was the only one I saw from my fantastic seats. I feel like I missed out. And the Glaber home run just like went right over where I was sitting to. I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. But I don't know. Whatever's working, I'm going to stay in the concourse until this stops. I'm very superstitious. (laughs) No, I mean, honestly, we can talk about superstitions. I'm incredibly superstitious. Um, I feel like if you're a sports fan... Every sports fan is superstitious in their own way. But apparently not because my boyfriend is like a huge Yankees fan. He's a huge Packers fan. And he's like, no, that's not how it works. Yeah, but you don't know that's not how it works until you go through the superstition. Like until you until you eat the same pregame meal every day. And you're like, oh, this is like, oh, my, my guys won today and I had a meatball sub at lunch. Guess what I'm eating tomorrow? And they just keep winning until you eat something different and then they lose. And you say, all right, this was the superstition. I have to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Correct. Can agree. Um, I think last year during the postseason when they were playing the Red Sox, obviously they lost, uh, I think, I'm, I'm just trying to remember what order the games were. But the game they actually won, I think it was game three. Um, I was in the car. I was driving out to Syracuse to watch it with my friend and who was a Red Sox fan. 
And yes. I was in the car and I like the game started. So I turned on the radio and I was listening to it and they started scoring runs. So I sat in the price chopper parking lot for like an hour. And then my friend called me and he goes, Hey, where are you? And I'm like, I'm literally like half a mile away. And he's like, why aren't you here? I'm like, I'm just sitting in my car. <laughs> I can't, like, I can't go anywhere right now. Why? I was like, I don't think I can move. I think I have to stay here. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's completely reasonable. I don't I understand why people find that unreasonable. That's like it, things are going well while I'm in this spot right now. I can't move because if things yeah. stop going well, I'll blame myself forever. I also brought six T-shirts because I wasn't sure which one was the lucky one. So I like <laughs> I had one on and then like something bad happened. I was like, nope, changed it to another one, changed it to another one. Yep. But I, I also have a lucky hoodie that I wear on important games, even in the summer. Which was yeah. brutal because the air conditioning in my apartment did not work all summer. We had to get like in window air conditioners and it was really hard to get the air, the cool air to come out into the living room. So I was just sitting on my couch sweating because I couldn't take <laughs> off. Like it was against the Red Sox too. I just couldn't take yep. off the hoodie. Yeah, I get I get very superstitious when it comes to that. There's like you have to sit in the same seat or, you know, do the same things and, you know, do the same things during the day like there's just a lot of factors and really it takes a toll like on my brain but oh yeah i'm in my game works, watching chair right now like this is i have i have a chair right here and i'm sitting in a different chair they're both recliners there's the recliner that i do stuff like watch tv in, just play some video games whatever that's that chair when i write articles it's that chair when the yankees are on i'm in this chair interesting this is, this is the game chair hmm and it's got cup holders, which is really weird because I feel like chairs don't have cup holders. They don't. Especially well, this not one does. Well, that's why it's lucky. Oh. And it's clearly working. I got it this year and the Yankees are running away with the American League. I also have a list of restaurants I can't go to when uh, the Yankees are on because if I watch them in that restaurant, they lose. What restaurants is that? Uh, well, there's a restaurant actually. So... In case none of you know, I'm from upstate New York, so I'm in Syracuse. Um, there's this restaurant, if any of you are Syracusean, Blarney Stone. I can't go to Blarney Stone because actually I watched the Cowboys lose to the Rams at Blarney Stone. Yikes. And yeah, so I can't go back there when any sort of Cowboys game is on. So no Sundays, no Thursday nights. Um, when it comes to the Yankees, uh, Applebee's. Can't go there. That's reasonable. Um, you shouldn't go to Applebee's ever. I think that's incorrect, but okay. <laughs> well, you're, you're from upstate. <laughs> um, I do have a lucky restaurant here in Syracuse, the Hop Spot. Um, and that is where I got to watch Syracuse uh, football come back from. Um, they came back in overtime and ended up winning. It was a game that we actually left because they were losing. So really, mm -hmm. the, the key was don't be at the game. Be at the Hop Spot with cheaper beer and burgers. Exactly. So that's always that's always been so wild to me about like the Syracuse area. Like <laughs> you guys are lunatics about the Syracuse orange. Absolute yep. lunatics. It it puts Yankees fans to shame, honestly. Syracuse fans are nuts. They are nuts. I mean, not probably not as nuts as the Bills Mafia, which we've talked about before, but yeah, they're they're just certifiably insane. If you are anywhere near the Syracuse area, you you must be a Syracuse Orange fan and you must follow all of the Syracuse sports. I mean, I got a poster for Syracuse football and, you know, it's on my 
on my wall. I got the schedules planned out every Saturday that what we're going to do for the games. Like you just have to. It's great. Like some of the seats in the carrier dome for the basketball games are like, they're like half a mile away from the court. Oh yeah. You can't even see the game. I went to a game where it was uh, Syracuse Georgetown and everyone was like, you're so lucky you got tickets. Well, I don't know if any of you know, but like the, the carrier dome is, it's huge. It's, it's built for football, but when they play basketball, they set up the court on like one half of the football field. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. The Georgetown uh, game. I was on the other side, like behind the bleachers. Yeah. So we had to like stand up and like look over the bleachers and we could just see the ball. We're like, Oh, there, there it is. Oh, I you think have to have the radio it. going like Steve Bartman. You just right, can't see exactly. the game too well, so you have to listen to it too. You got to know what's going on. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun uh, here in Syracuse. So if any of you are in upstate New York and want to go to see some pretty wild fans, you got to go see Syracuse Orange games. Um, basketball is my favorite, but football team is good. Um, the lacrosse team is good too, but basketball by far the best. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get back on track here. No. Uh, okay. Let's talk about the inning. <laughs> the inning. Do you guys know what inning that is? Because everybody knows. Oh, yeah. So I flipped this on on my phone. I was um, I was out and I flipped it on just as the ninth inning was rolling around because I saw the two one and I was like, OK, I could see a comeback uh, making its way. Well, it was weird. It was real rough. Just the, okay. the sequence of events that led to that led to the loss that night was just out of control. Okay, so let's start first with Didi Gregorius. Leads off the inning. You know he has a what a one one count or something. He works. Two he one. works it to three one. Ah, there we go. And he attempts to bunt. Foul. Great play. Great play. Just didn't no. keep it fair. Great baseball play. I mean, honestly, if that goes over the bag, we are praising him. Absolutely. Because that is one of the sm- that's an easy double. That's a runner in scoring position already. Yeah, no, no one's getting to that at all because everyone's shifted right. so far. Like by the time they get to the ball, Didi's jogging into second base. And then you got Glaber Torres coming up. So, yeah, I think that's a smart play. Bunting with two strikes can be a smart play if it works. Which it did not. It didn't. And actually, the second or the first bunt that he had was much closer. But yeah. yeah. Didn't work. That felt like one of those ones where I don't think he had to get it all the way down the line. No. I feel like if he had just bunted it to that side of the field, I think he would have been fine. Yeah, even just for a single, just to get on, just to get started. But I mean, I mean, what are you going to do? He tried to make a play. Yeah, if, like you said, if he, if it goes fair, we're praising him. Even with, with two strikes, people would be like, that was kind of dumb, but it worked out. So that's a good play. Like it was a high risk, high reward play. It just didn't work out. So there's one out in the inning. Then Glaber Torres comes up and gets uh, is a victim of a terrible strike call. Actually, a couple terrible strike calls. But the second strike call, I literally threw my threw my uh, my phone. I was not happy. Yeah, it was it was brutal. There's no there's no strike calling from the umpires. This is, it's all bad. If I if I know an umpire's name, it means you're really bad at doing your job. I don't know any of the good umpires. People say there are them. I don't know their names because if I know an umpire's name, it means he messed up royally. That's a very good point. Like name one good umpire. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, you can. 
But I can name <laughs> off like five bad umpires. Jim Joyce blew a perfect game. Uh, Angel Hernandez, chronically terrible. Bill Cuzzy, the sh- quickest, quickest hook I've ever seen in my entire life for literally nothing. Uh, who else? Cowboy Joe West literally thinks the show is about him, which is unbelievable. We shouldn't have given him a nickname. He found out about the nickname, and now he thinks it's like the reason people come to the ballpark. But it's not because what? you're supposed to be anonymous. What about uh, what's his name? Uh, was it Brennan? Oh, Brennan. Poor oh, Brennan. Brennan Miller, I, hope he's I think doing his last well. name was. I, don't know, I hope he's back in AAA. Oh, no. He's, he's just young. He was just having a bad day. Aaron Boone said so. Oh, man. Well, it was pretty bad. That's my favorite quote. I love to like go up to my boyfriend and be like, listen, I know you're having a bad day, but tighten that shit up. <laughs> Yikes. But, but yeah, so Glaber yeah. ends up on second base, correct? Yep. He had a single. Oh, single. Okay. And continue. And then my favorite human being in the entire world, Brett Gardner, hits a uh, a sharp grounder to first. First baseman dives for it, kind of kicks it in front of him. And then Brett Gardner legs it out, ends up with a head first slide safe. Yeah, that was another weird play. Yeah. It's just like one of those weird bouncers that probably shouldn't be a hit, but like somebody doesn't play the ball correctly. Right. And they, they ruled it a hit. So they did. That was a tough play. It wasn't an easy play for the first baseman. So they're set up. One out. Runners on first and second. And here comes um, the weird shit. Kenley Jansen's shaking his boots. Um, He's terrible. Yeah. Wh- which I think honestly was pretty entertaining to see Dodgers fans realize that like, oh my God. Our closer is not invincible. He's no. They he's have a not. terrible bullpen. Yeah, exactly. So, what happens next, James? Well, on a should be double play ball, Justin Turner tries to turn it to second, but Brett Gardner is just the fastest human alive and has a nice hard slide into second base, which he's safe at, and he takes Max Muncie out. Totally clean slide too. It was perfectly legal, and Max Muncie is writhing around on the floor. And Glaber Torres is on third base. And he said, all right, I'm breaking for home. He's off the bag. This is important. He's not on third base anymore. He is kind of hanging out. He's not exactly running yet, but he is not on third base. And he says, all right, Max, Max Muncy isn't getting up. I'm going for home. Scores easily. But on his way down the line, Kenley Jansen throws his hands up and calls for time. And the home plate umpire says, all right, time out. Now, this is why Glaber Torres is maybe 40 feet from home plate. which is, And they sent him back to third, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I've spent a lot of time going over this play in my head, watching it on video. Um, and, you know, so many people made that comparison to the outfielders. If they run into the wall and they fall and are injured, it does not matter. The game still goes on. So now I think it's fair that if it's, say, like the bottom of the ninth, there's a runner on second and someone loops a single, we should be able to call timeout right as the outfielder gets the ball, right? Exactly. Because that's you have the ball. You call a timeout. Right. You no longer right. live in the live ball era. And the other thing is Max Muncy made an attempt to what looked like try and throw home. Yeah, he tried. He didn't call time. He didn't call time. I don't, so, it, was, it was weird. They, the whole thing that gets me, though, is that 
at no point did Glaber Torres ever actually go back to third base. Like he never no. went fully back to the base, which means like if Max Muncie had thrown it to third instead of home and Glaber was just kind of hanging out there, it wouldn't it would have been a live ball because he's not on the base. Like you're not yeah. going to say Glaber's off the base. Kenley Jansen called timeout. All right, Glaber, take your time, go back to the base because we called the timeout. The play's dead. But that's not that's not how baseball works. <clears throat> I just, it was very interesting. That's um, the tying run of the game. That's I know. That's the tying run. And right. we are in a great spot. We have the fastest guy in the league on second base. And we have the heart of our lineup coming up. And we're not saying that that's the reason the Yankees lost that game. They had so many opportunities. It just so happened that that strange play you know, definitely could have tied the game. They definitely had opportunities, but it came down to that. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, there's got to be some way to look back at that and review it and be like, I don't this. I mean, this is why we have instant replay so we can correct calls like this. I don't know if it's an actual reviewable play, but I feel like I feel like the umpires should have the discretion to go like into the replay booth and say, like, all right, this is truly egregious what, what happened here, and it directly affected the outcome of the game. Because mm-hmm. now there's now there's, there's two outs, no, one out, and yep. Gary Sanchez strikes out to end the game. Mm-hmm. But that's, I mean, that's the tying run. If Gary Sanchez strikes out then, now you're looking at a tie game, you're going into extra innings, our bullpen is fantastic, theirs is worth dog shit. Right. I mean, I like our chances in that game. And, like, the other fact I like to talk about, too, is the fact that Brett Gardner beat out a double play ball by running to second base. There is nobody. Just a hustle play. Just a hustle play. That is old school hustle. And, you know, people are like, oh, well, he slid. He he put his hands up, yada, yada. I'm like, first of all, he was safe. Oh, big time safe. (laughs) I couldn't believe they called him out at first, first too. I know. I was. I, was like, I mean, there was even talk in the beginning where it's like, I don't know, he took out the slide. That might be a double play right there because Max Muncy didn't get the throw off. Like, there was not a doubt in my mind that that was one of the cleanest slides I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, he just goes directly into the base, and Max Muncy is just hanging out there. Like, it's, right. it's on him. It's on right. Muncy for not getting out of the way. Exactly. And, I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of, of dirty slides. I hate that kind of stuff. And, you know, but... Uh, and at first, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, no, he fell. But he made it look a lot worse than it was. And he admitted it after the game, too. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I soccered it up a little bit. Uh, he probably shouldn't be saying that to the media right after this game-changing play. No. But... Maybe at the end of the season. <laughs> no, I think but you take that one to your game, grave. When the Yankees are considering, they're like, huh, maybe we should protest this. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I faked that. It hurt a little bit, but I faked the rest of it. Yeah, come like, on, man. Are you kidding me? Either way. I mean, life goes on. We lost one to the Dodgers. Whatever. I'm not getting we over easily could have won that game. We easily could have won. I'm not getting over this one. Because I just... It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. He was I off think, the base. You can't call timeout when someone's off the base. Honestly, the only... The only... Let's say clarifying light to that whole situation is that the Yankees easily could have walked away 
with a sweep in Los Angeles. Uh, this was obviously touted as the World Series preview. And I, I'm not scared of the Dodgers at all. No. I'm not even a little bit scared. We beat them really badly twice. And then one game we could have easily won if not for a really terrible call in the, the most crucial part of the game. And even that, we could have beat them 100 times before that, too. I don't like the Dodgers never really had a chance. That was also with a rotation of Paxton, Sabathia. Yep. And of course, um, Herman, which, you know, Domingo on Domingo. Right. But you don't mess with Domingo on Domingo. No way. But I mean, they the Yankees went in there and they showed that they're not scared either. And they went off of they came off of a series where they were swept in Oakland where they could easily come in with a terrible attitude, you know. And they came in and they came out guns a-blazing. It was... I want to think the Yankees know that, like, Oakland is just Oakland. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like it's like the trap, where you don't really take any of the results you get there seriously. Mm-hmm. Like we get swept in Oakland, but it's Oakland, so it doesn't even really count. This is just the worst ballpark besides the trap. Didn't the Astros get sw- get swept in Oakland, too? I don't know. They definitely lost that series. I don't know if they got swept. Uh, maybe they lost two, two of three. But, Either but way, I mean, yeah, even... it's just Oakland. It's just Oakland. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so like, what did what did we learn from the series in general? Like, what did you learn? What did you take from it? Uh, my biggest takeaway was that the Dodgers don't really play teams like the Yankees. That was kind of like what I saw when what I saw from it was that the Dodgers are used to steamrolling their division and steamrolling. I don't think I don't think the teams in the NL Central and NL East are actually all that good. They all have huge problems in their in their lineups. And I mean, the Braves are 80 and 53 and they're beating up on the Marlins, the Mets, the Phillies. Like these are solid teams, but none of them come close to what you see in the American League, which is when you have the Yankees, the Astros. I mean, the Red Sox are pretty bad right now, but you also I think if the Red Sox roll into Los Angeles this weekend, they also win that series. I mean, you got the Indians, you had the Twins. Like, there's there's a lot of great competition in the AL. There's not a single team in the National League that scares me. My only my only fear is going to the ALCS against the Astros, which I guess the Twins kind of scare me just because they they hit the home run ball like nobody's business, and our pitchers give up a lot of home runs, but. I mean, the Indians don't really get me. I, I, they're good, but their rotation is is always yeah, it's questionable right now. After trading Bauer, and you don't know where you're getting from Kluber when he comes back. You don't know where you're getting from Carrasco, and the only guy you can really count on is Shane Bieber, who's filthy. But that's one game. You're going to see Shane Bieber twice, and on those days, right. you're going to have either Domingo or Paxton going. So you have a pretty good chance to win that game still, and they have a terrible bullpen. Yeah, there's really only the Astros that I'm like scared of scared of should it come down to it. And it feels like last year with the Red Sox and the Astros where you're like, all right, whoever wins this ALCS is probably going to win the World Series. No problem. Oh, yeah, you could definitely tell. I mean, the AL just they have a better. A better assortment of teams that are in the same league, you know, um, competitive wise and everything like that i think you know the astros with their rotation terrifying you know yeah i don't want to face verlander cole um who am i thinking who am i missing 
Oh, I hate Lance McCullers. Is she still in that? Is she still in Houston? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. But no, there's. Oh, Zach uh, Granke. That's who we're thinking of. I don't. I don't really care oh, about Granke in the playoffs. He's got a bad well, track record. Looking at like that rotation, if in a seven game series you got Verlander, Granke, um. Oh my god, my brain is just cool. mush. Cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's the West AL Coast. West, it's this like West Coast trip thing. I mean, that's that's what's getting there. But um, yeah, so you have Verlander. I'm going to do it again. Never mind. Cole. I'm not doing it. Ver- no, Verlander, Cole, but Granky. Then, <laughs> sorry, everyone. Um, but yeah, so you got you got the three of those and then the three of them again up to game six. And then you got Verlander starting game seven. I don't want to face Justin Verlander in the playoffs. No, we've done that before. And we had CC match up with them. And that wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had no chance of winning that game. I also, I watched that game in a bar that I will not go back to. It was like See, the worst, it was the worst night of my life. There you watching, go. Wow. Watching the Astros beat CC Sabathia and watching mm-hmm. Justin Verlander just dominate us all night. I will never go back to the bar I watched that at. All right. Well, good to know. There's that superstition again. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like my biggest thing is while the rotation is not the best, it's getting the job done. Exactly. And we have a filthy bullpen, which is, right. you know, come come October, we're looking at maybe having Severino for a time and a half through the lineup. Mm-hmm. And then you have Chad Green who can come in and fill in the rest of the lineup. And then you can turn to the big horses in the bullpen. Like, you have guys to fill in those those marks. You really just need Domingo Herman and James Paxton to give you a lot of length. They're not like, I mean, like working into the sixth inning would be length in the playoffs. Right. We're not, I'm not going to be taking a chance with I, any of the guys, especially not Tanaka. Like, I don't want Tanaka going a third time through the lineup at all. I don't really want Domingo doing it either. Paxton, maybe if he's, if he's on his filthy game, but that's and just like, well, you have this bullpen, use it. When you, yeah. When you've got such great numbers in that bullpen, if you're not using that in the playoffs, <clears throat> uh, the Orioles and Zach Britton, um, Yikes. You know, it's there's oh, that's stupid. I mean, basically, they spent their entire offseason, you know, kind of rebuilding that bullpen. They signed Britain. They added Adovino to the mix. Um, you know, of course, they already had Canely and everything. They had Chapman and Canely was they, huge coming back this year. Yeah, he could have gone one of two ways. He was either going to become this or even worse than he was last year. I'm just very disappointed that his uh, players weekend nickname wasn't Tommy tight pants. Oh, that would have been awesome. <sighs> great but i heard they get chosen during spring training so like anything that pops up during the season like they can't really change it that's fair i feel like we called them tommy tight pants last year though i guess it just didn't really stick because he was barely in the majors oh it stuck with everyone else just not him yeah that's true maybe he doesn't (laughs) like the tight pants nickname i guess not but um i mean looking back at that series the yankees gave up five runs in three games to the in los angeles in los angeles runs in la we tagged we tagged the nl cy young like <laughs> ryu is the clear favorite to win the nl cy young and we tagged him the first mm-hmm. time that we saw him yep. like, he doesn't he doesn't scare me a bit i'm not i'm not worried about him kershaw you always have to be worried i mean he had 12 strikeouts he didn't pitch a bad game he just got bit yeah. by the long ball which is also something verlander does like they don't him and Kershaw both don't give up a lot of runs, but when they do give up a run, it's on the home run ball. Which is our exact team strength. So I'm not all that concerned about it. All right, good. I'm glad you're not concerned. Okay. 
Oh, well, but we got Seattle coming up now. I want to oh, yes. say it's going to start at 10 o'clock tonight. So all you fake fans, you better stay up. Prove your worthiness. Prove your worthiness. Everybody at the per- we all know who who started this. Everybody at them at one o'clock in the morning when the game ends. <laughs> I'll ta- I'll tag them in my post game report. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, yeah. And shout out to James for doing all the post games on the West Coast. Like, I hope you guys, if you're still up, are reading those because, you know, they've got a sharp wit and sarcastic sense of humor. I honestly hope nobody reads them until the morning. I would not let anybody go through my brain process at two o'clock in the morning when I submit those. It's You allow us to do it every week during this podcast. (laughs) That's true. Oh, well. This, I mean, I feel good. I feel good going into September. We're going to have some guys coming back. Dylan Batanzas, he's going to be coming back and adding Ooh. to that bullpen. Luke Voigt's going to be coming back. Edwin Encarnacion. I don't think I mentioned this last week, but Joe's McFly said, uh, I think it was last Sunday, he was talking to Edwin on the field. I don't know how Joe's McFly ended up on the field, but he was talking to Edwin. And he was like, yeah, I'll be back in three weeks. Don't worry. <gasps> I was like, all right, I'm down for that. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Get the parrot, man. Good. We can, uh, the parrot can take flight again. Yeah. What else you got? Nothing. Yeah. I think we summed that, that week pretty up. (laughs) We summed that up pretty good. Yeah. We, I think we did a stellar job. Let us know though. Like if we did a bad job, we want to know not on reviews or anything. Yeah. Don't leave, don't leave us a bad review. Just DM us, DM us something mean. And if we did a really good job, leave us a five star review. Or and just, tell, you know, add us on Twitter and stuff. We'll respond. We're we're cool like that. I respond to almost everyone. Anyone I don't I don't like responding to negative things, but like anybody who comes at me with positivity, like I'm like, all right, let's go. That's why I love Keith McPherson, because everything he says is like the most positive thing on earth. This I'm is like, his right, second shout out in two weeks on the podcast. Go Keith. He is. He was I mean, he was a guest. So There you go. Oh well, we'll we'll wrap it up there. Uh only a couple more days for me of these ridiculously timed post games because Wednesday is a four o'clock start and then we have an off day and I might just take off of work and sleep the entire time. Guys, it is almost over. We are almost there. Hang in there. We got this. All right. And also everybody leave a five-star review for Allison. Who's now a full-time co-host on this podcast. Ah! One time we'll get the entire band together. I know Rob's Rob's upstate doing work stuff. So we're going to have the whole band together one time. I love it. Okay, sweet. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, leave a review, comment, DM, you know, whatever you want to do. Sometimes I don't open rude DMs, though. So, you know. Be warned. Yeah. Great outro. (laughs) See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.